We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, rocking the Our Heroes Rock merch. Looking good on you. The trailer looks even better. That is out now. Make sure you guys check that out everywhere on the social. Show support. Can't wait. Congrats on the nomination as well. I'll, you know, I'll pass the mic, let you talk all about that. But today's show, combining boxing and MMA, we're going to recap UFC 297 from last weekend and then talk boxing. Uh, we have John Ryder, Jaime Munguia coming up this weekend, plus, a, I guess, the first Amazon Prime pay-per-view for PBC has been reported. We'll talk about both fights on there, a fight that we thought was happening that isn't happening, that might happen, that won't happen. Between Roley and Ryan Garcia. So a lot of boxing, a lot of MMA talk on this show. But Dre, damn it, the important thing. Our heroes rock. Bridges, it is out there. You're getting sent a wave of congratulations and support. I know you and E hate this. How is this going for you? Because you guys are the worst with taking uh, compliments. I mean, so we knew we were dropping the trailer today, which is Thursday the 25th. The short releases to kick off Black History Month on February 1st. So, you know, it's it's been, um, I mean, suffice to say, it's been a long journey. Three years took us to get to this point. Um, and we decided, we were like, all right, cool. We're going to drop this trailer and we'll just see what happens. Uh, we put out the trailer this morning and we had no idea how people were going to respond to it. Um, one can only assume that that positive energy, like, yeah, man, we're, you know, people are going to be excited about this. We ain't know. Like, we we were just, we waited to see. Trailer did well. Um, your bae, Mercedes Monet, <laughs> jumped in. Monet. There was a lot of people that that gave us a lot of props on the trailer. Um, the excitement for the film being released. So that was cool. The funny thing is, if you guys have a red carpet, can you set it up so I walk right behind Mercedes? Oh, Jesus. And like paparazzi, like snaps pictures. Yeah, you'd be like, I'm watching Entourage again. You could be like Turtle and Metal <laughs> Soprano. Um, but yeah, so we put out the, the uh, trailer. So the story of the trailer goes like this, right? Like we've had this trailer for some time now. Um, and we were ready to put it out. And we knew we were putting it out in the morning. And he is currently doing Royal Rumble stuff. So he did the bump for WWE yeah. and promoted it. Today, he was at the Bandai Studios to do something with Tekken, him, Kofi, and Woods. Which they played a little bit on, of at uh, on the bump. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, okay. they played like three rounds. So, he tells us that, he's like, I'm going to get up, I'm going to time the post in the morning, post it. He's like, I'm going to be kind of like off the grid. Okay, cool, right? So, he posts it, trailer, getting feedback, people are hitting us up. Great trailer, can't wait to see it, blah, 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 because... We forget, like, we've seen this short a million times. Nobody has any idea what this thing looks like. So people are like, oh, my God, it looks amazing. Cool. Um, building up anticipation. So I'm dropping off. Okay, let me start here. I've been up since 2 in the morning. My son, for whatever reason, decided to wake up at 2 a.m. 
and decided I ain't going back to sleep. Yeah, and you decided to continue our debate from our wrestling show at 5 a.m. Well, yeah. I woke up at 5 a.m. Well, and Dre's just peppering me with follow-ups. Marcus. Marcus is the <laughs> one who started it, but I, was, I happened to be up. I was up, and I'm like, now, you know, my son ain't going to sleep. I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to be up. So it's time to drop my daughter off at school. And like, I'm making sure that I retweeted, got it on Instagram, got it on Facebook. And, you know, I'm dropping my wife off at work because I had to take my rental car back. And here's how I found out about the NAACP nomination. So I dropped my wife off and I get a notification. Good friend of mine who we've had on one of our early podcasts, Gail Bean, Wanda from uh, Snowfall. Gail's been in everything lately, too. She She's has. Crushing. Um, I've known Gail for a long time. I first interviewed her at Sundance years ago. We've stayed in contact ever since. And to see what she has done has been great. But she's been very supportive of what we've been doing. So she shares the trailer. I'm driving and I see, oh, shit, Gail shared the trailer. So I'm like, all right, let me look. I click and I accidentally click her profile. And in her profile, it's, it's she, she posts a screenshot of her text message and if, I guess a friend was texting, girl, you got nominated for NAACP award, right? And she's like, no way. She gets not, she got nominated for best supporting actress for Snowfall. So I was like, oh, cool. So I'm driving. And now I knew that we were in the pool for the NAACP image award, but I didn't know we were getting nominated. So I'm thinking, I was like, ah, I didn't get an email. So I guess we didn't get nominated, right? Yeah. So I was like, let me see who got nominated. So I'm scrolling. I see Gail. And I'm getting ready to get on the freeway. And I see Bridges, OHR. The only reason I saw this is because Gail. Gail's the only reason why I looked. I didn't even think to look. And I see it and I go, oh, shit. And I almost got in a car accident. Because I was like, (laughs) oh. And this is how I found out we got nominated. I texted Gail. I was like, congratulations um, on your nomination. She's like, congratulations on the trailer. And I was like, like, guess what? And she's like, you must have some good news. And I sent her a screenshot of the, the thing. And I was like, I'll see you at the Image Awards. And she was like, oh, my God, you gotta, we got to vote for you. Because there's like fan voting, but you can't vote on our category. But it, it was just really dope. It was all Gail's fault. I call, so I call E, and I'm trying to three-way Johnny. E's doing the Tekken thing. He has no idea what's going on. <laughs> I call Johnny. Johnny, I don't know where he's coming from. And I'm like, yo, we got... I was like, bro, guess what? What? We got nominated for NAACP Emmys Award. He goes, fuck you. <laughs> I said no fuck you right and if you know Johnny's the nicest guy in the world he's like no fuck you I was like no I'm dead ass serious I haven't dropped it in the chat yet because I figured I want to call y'all can't get a hold of E but I figured I'd tell you so we're just cursing each other out while I'm driving home and I drop and I you know I finally get a screen grab drop it in our group chat E doesn't see it until like three hours later right like and he's with Woods and Kofi and they're going off about this so we found out this is how we found out we got nominated like we have this we didn't expect this. We and the other thing is like ain't nobody seen this shit. Yeah. The reason why this happened is when we did Urban World, um, and I kind of talked about like we did Urban World, and the owner is Stacy Spice. Stacy Spice been in the industry for a long time. He's the founder and the creative of Urban World. And he, when he he sees us at the festival, and he's he goes, "I love it." Before we even did the screen, he's like, "I love it. It's incredible." Blah blah blah. You guys did great things. I didn't even know what he looked like. So I just think this is a dude telling me, <laughs> this right? A random guy. Yeah, right? so me and Johnny is like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, great. He showed us support. He said the same thing. I don't know who that guy is. If somebody comes, this dude, um, this, this Gano, uh, who's been in the industry for a long time. He's been like law and order. He's like a photographer with Johnny Nunez. He goes, you know who that is, right? And I'm like, no. He's like, Stacey Spice. I was like, oh, the guy who founded this shit? Oh, shit. <laughs> the guy. Yeah, I was like, this is the man. So, we find out that we like came up just short of winning best short film at urban, uh, the urban world festival to another film that actually got nominated called little Ruby. Um, but I get a weird email also on Ruby bridge. No, it's, it's about little red riding, riding hood. Oh, okay. It's like the black version. of it. Okay. I didn't get a chance to see it cause it was screened the same time as ours, but I'm like, Oh man, this is great. He loves it. So I'm like at the banquet and he sees me and he's like, Hey, Love the movie, love the movie. Blah, blah, blah. You should call these people. And I'm like thinking he's just blowing smoke at this point. I get home a week later. We get an email from uh, Something's Arise, our animation house. And Amy sends the email. like, I got this weird email about the NAACP Image Awards. It doesn't have a name on it. It was like, you guys should submit to get nominated. And I was like, is this spam? Like somebody fished <laughs> for information? 
And the three of us at this point, because we, like we didn't get into Sundance, like we have a very commercial cartoon. So it's really hard to get in those artful festivals. Yeah. So we're like, we're not discouraged, but we're like, man, we're, our thing is too commercial. I ain't, I ain't worried about it. And Ian and Johnny, I'm blowing the spot here. We're both like, ah, I don't know. I said, man, let me do a little bit of research. Maybe we should just submit. Because you got to pay a fee to submit. It's a very low fee, but you got to pay a fee. And they're like, ah, I don't, you know, I don't want to be let down again, whatever, whatever. So I tell my wife, I'm at El Dorado Cantina with my wife, hey. drink, drinking margaritas. Yes. And I, I was like, I was like, honey, uh, we got this weird email. We don't know if it's fishing or not. There's no name. It's just an NAACP. I, I was like, I tracked the email. There is actually a submission form for the NAACP website for the Image Award. But I don't know, like, nobody's seen this film, so, like, except for the people at Urban World. And I was like, oh, shit, did Stacey Spikes do this? And tell somebody at Urban World? My wife's like, look, if y'all ain't going to pay for it out of the budget, because we're, like, super over budget on this film, she's like, I'll just pay for it. And I was like, you know what? I'll just pay for it. And I didn't tell the guys. I just submitted. So that's the surprise when we got nominated. <laughs> it was like, I didn't even know we were in the pool. I was like, yeah, I just did it. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so now here we are. March 16th is in NWCP Awards <laughs> live what and on BET hey. in LA. Full circle, baby. In LA. Full circle. So, like, gotta love when these moments happen. It's crazy. BET um, Dre. I don't know. I know people are going to ask, is it going to be. The, the Image Awards are televised, but our award is probably not going to be televised because it's like Coleman, Domingo, and Taraji Henson. Like, yeah. all of them big awards, I don't expect to be televised at all whatsoever. But I plan to be there because I told Gail, I was like, I'm going to see you there. Yeah. Somebody that I've met for years is going to, she got nominated. I got nominated. Like, this is crazy. So, yeah, it's been... Just got to walk the carpet. I it's mean, just the whole, the whole thing is um, it's a little surreal because, of course, if you've been following this podcast, I got laid off last week. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know what was going on. Like, again, you know, some people, some people took it the wrong way when I was like, please don't send me like, you'll be okay. Because that's not true. There's, there's no guarantee. Like people like, just start your website. Does it give you health care? This is not how these things work. Like I got to have a job. I got kids. I got two and a wife. And I got kids. Yeah, I got kids. I'm Heath Slater, baby. (laughs) I got kids. Like I, I got to make money. And Getting laid off is not, you know, ah, you'll be okay. You don't know that. You say that and a lot of people will post that and they'll never t- think about you again. The worst pessimist. I'm just you saying. Just take the kind words. I, I do. Thank you. I say thank you. But the reality is, I don't know if I'm going to be okay. I don't care what I've done in this industry. Have you seen the state of journalism? Sports Illustrated is gone. Pitchfork's gone. Like, it's rough. It's, it's rough. There's no guarantees in this. But you're also better than a lot of other people. So, I mean, it is what it is. I don't know what people are looking for anymore. I don't, the point is, I don't know. So, I spent the whole last week not knowing what I'm going to do next. And then this happened. So, it's been an interesting roller coaster and a turn of events. But yeah, man. Yeah, next week, February 1st, make sure you share. If you listen to this podcast, please share the trailer. I'm going, this is the first time that I'm going to really be like, I just don't give a fuck. I'm going to be tweeting incessantly. I'm going to be texting people I ain't talked to in years. I got favorites to cash in. Yeah. We need this short to do well, like we do. And we want to win this award. I don't care if we don't win. I just, I'm happy that we got nominated, but I want people to see the short because it's always better if you do win. <laughs> everything's better if you yeah. win. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm happy to get nominated. But yeah. the reality is, is like, we want to do more with this. Like, if anybody's seen E's interviews, he's not blowing smoke, man. Like, when he says, this is what I want to do, like, this is my future, people are like, no, 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 what about the Royal Rumble? He's like, no, this is yeah. what I want to do. Every day for the past three years, literally every day, this is all we talk about. Like, what we're going to do with this. So, don't think we're going to be okay. We need everybody's support. So, that's the story of that. That's enough of that. Let's move. No, I look forward. Look forward to it. February 1st. Good Black History Month kickoff. And uh, when that drops and you get a bunch of kudos and the phone continues ringing off the hook, I hope everyone says, see, I told you you're going to land on your feet. Well, that's what people do, right? Like, people wait till you land on your feet. the best. It's like, yeah, I knew it. I No, I didn't know it. That's what matters to me. I don't know. I don't know. Shout out to like Kaz. Kaz is one of the first people that like hit me up and was just like, he was like, I know. He was like, I know people are going to say this. Marcus too. I know it's going to be a lot. But he was like, how about not you going to land on your feet, but we got you back. Yeah. I appreciate that more than we're going to look out for you. Like not you going to land on your feet because can't nobody guarantee you a job. But anybody who's reached out, who's DM me, text me, emailed me, Fucking send a pigeon. I appreciate all y'all. But uh talking to Mike Tyson. 
Yeah. <laughs> Carry a bitch <laughs> to the crib. But it, that support is not unnoticed. I legitimately have looked at every single mention, DM, email. I've looked at them all. I, I appreciate every last one of these people out there. All of y'all. That sounds exhausting. And it is low key makes me happy that I didn't tell people I left ESPN. <laughs> Cause like if I would have gotten bombarded with DMs and I'd be like, yo, like granted, a lot of people don't like me as much as they like you, but still like even, even a little bit, it seems like it's an exhausting it's, thing in there. It's, it's a lot. It, it put a, it, It's a lot to the point where the day, I, the day I get laid off, the only reason I posted on social media is like, oh shit, I got a whole series the next morning. Right? Like I was like, I need to let people know. And I posted it, and it's it. I almost had like PTSD for a second of the BET situation. <laughs> Granted, the BET situation was not way in the different. newspaper this time. Yeah, it was way different. The circumstances were way different. This was a company cutting costs, and they just let a whole bunch of people go. BET situation was fucking way different. And I remember that day. It was just like I, I had a BlackBerry, and I was like, I can't even look at my BlackBerry. This is insane. I just played NBA Two K for like four hours and ignored everything. This, I was like, I was watching, I don't even know what I was watching. And it was just like messages, messages. I was like, this is a lot. Not just my laptop. I was yeah. like, I'll get back to this shit later. It's too much. It is. Uh, and I guess maybe we'll talk about this on a Patreon episode sooner or later. But the the process of getting a new job, as it, it's a weird thing because I'm always thankful to have options and have people looking out for me and, uh, you know, Usually I name drop you in every interview I have. It works great. I guess how to jobs that way. But it's one of those things where it's, um, you know, having good friends and good places and people looking out for you and everything is always great. The process of getting a new job, though, is always so weird to me where it's like I've gone through so many interviews and good conversations and interview processes. There's like five, six interviews in this process to get to the end. And it's it's wild. It's like, yo, it's it's a roller coaster of emotions of getting a new job where when you have one, it's just, you don't even think about this. Like, All right, cool. I do what I do. The check clears, but uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. But yeah, just a, a weird, a weird up and down thing. It's so. a great unknown, man. It's the great, the great unknown is, and I, you've experienced this, like you don't know what's next. And then some shit that you're like, oh, like falls in, like, oh, okay. Yeah, and the next thing you know, I'm taking my friends to drink margaritas for free. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like it's just, you don't know what the future holds. And it's just, it's all risky business. And in this landscape of combat sports journalism and sports journalism, it's a mess right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the combat sports UFC 297 here in a second. But I will say, if anyone's in journalism, if you're in entertainment, if you're in anything of this field, more now than ever, diversify. Keep an open mind. You know, the old man's had a million different jobs, a million different things. He's always writing for music, even though when he said he was jaded and didn't want to do it, you're always writing in the background yep. or always taking a music job here and there and staying in the loop, um, writing things when you just felt inspired for two dope boys for a second years ago when we started this pod, um, you know, whether it's premiere side or when you were with Jay-Z, you kept in the loop while also doing sports, while also doing combat sports, but being an editor over everything and multiple branch out, be diverse, be open to all opportunities. I'm learning that more now so than ever, um, especially with social media. There's a ton of social media stuff. If I just wanted to be stubborn and be like, well, I need another boxing job. Like, man, there's only so many of those. And and look, like, I, I can do this anyway. <laughs> well, y'all listening, shit don't pay. Yeah, nah. Like, like you think it do. Look, man, I was paid well. I can't complain. Yeah. But the average person in combat sports journalism ain't getting paid a lot. Like, you may see them on YouTube or whatever the fuck. Don't be thinking they out here just getting buku money. I didn't get paid a good amount until I talked to you. Shout out Marcus Vanderberg in the Rat Pack chat. And I would just go into interviews and just be like, yo, whatever they're paying, whatever, this, mm -hmm. that. Like, I, we had a long, threaded conversation in there. And AJ chimed in and Ramon and everybody. Everyone's great in there of like the importance of negotiation yeah. and like not taking the first day, asking for what you want and all these things. Like it was valuable. Like what I learned in just the thread when we're not arguing about hot takes, but like some real shit. And a lot of people don't have that. No. I, I know people in the industry and I try to be what you guys were for me, for them now of, yo, you just can't take anything. You just can't d downgrade yourself and your skills. Like 
I'm, I'm huge on being completely transparent on how much I'm making and how much someone is giving. That's, that's like my thing in social media, especially. I'd be like, yo, what'd they offer you? Nah, I was getting this at yep. this position. Um, especially for like, you know, our, our female counterparts and women in the industry. I'd be like, yo, really? Yeah, my title's this. Yo, what, what'd they offer you? How much are you getting? Nah, 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 this is what I got. Go back in there. You, you ask for more. Cause we, we do the same shit. You might actually do more. Yeah. You, you go get, nah, nah, nah. This is the least you should get. This is what they were paying me as a man. Oh, okay, cool. Like, a lot of people don't know. A lot of people, unfortunately, are just happy to be in somewhere. They are. And the supply and demand isn't on our side. It's stupid because I think one of the, the worst things in, uh, for jobs in general, this unwritten rule, like, people go, can't tell you how much I make. Why? Don't hurt I, me. I mean, it's, it's very strange that people get so protective over what they make. But it's like, if people are trying to get in this field, I can tell you what I made at every place that I've worked at. Yep. And I can tell you, like, I have a good idea. I can't guarantee you. I can say they're probably still paying that or they might be paying more than that or they might be paying less than that. Mm -hmm. But I want to give you a bar because I don't want you to sell yourself short. You know what I'm saying? Like, people get really weird about salary. Yeah. And it's just like, and you know, how much you get paid, whether it's hourly, salary, weekly, contract to work. Even right now, like, I'll do freelance contract work. And the worst question that I ever get asked is, what's your rate? Yep. And I'm like, what's your budget? budget. That's, that's my first thing. What's your budget? Don't ask my rate. What's your budget? Because I ain't selling myself short. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, the reality is... Because if you want a number, I'm throwing out a wild-ass yeah. number. So don't ask me again. Like, the reality is, like, I've worked for different rates for different companies for different things. Right. I've made I've written articles and made thousands for one article. Other articles I've made a few hundred. Like it depends on what your budget is and how much and what I gotta do to get it. Yeah. But when people go, What's your rate? I ain't just gonna give you some figure. I'm gonna find out from somebody else who worked there, like how much you were getting paid. Yeah. Right? Like I think I uh, shout out to Daytron Thomas. He was one of the first people that, that taught me that. Like, not even taught me, just told me, like, yo, this is what I'm getting. And this is what you should be getting. When I went to Ozzy after I left, I forgot wherever I was at. Daytron recruited me to Ozzy before Ozzy did all that fold-up shit. Yeah. And he was like, yo, they're paying 50 cents a word here. And he was like, each article will be at least 2,000 words. So, what do you want to do? And he was like, and I'll just give you, and he was the editor at the time, he's like, I'll give you whatever you want. It's like, all right, cool. 50 cents a word, like, people weren't paying by the word. Yeah. Right? So I was like, all right, but he told, he was very transparent. He wasn't like, what's your rate? He was like, this is what we're paying at the top. Yeah. And we'll go from there. My so, headhunters are the best shit in this business. I always wonder if they work on commission, but they'd be straight up. They'd be like, yo, what, nah, this is what they're looking for. This, nah, I think you should yeah. go in there and talk about more. But even when I negotiated at ESPN when I took that job, every time they gave me a number or obviously my contract was a little different. I had to build a platform within there and then right. I had to negotiate and keep this podcast and do all the shit that was never done at ESPN before. But every time they gave me a number or gave me something, I was telling you, or telling Mark. And it was just like, okay, but nah, what, what about this? Or, yo, what, okay, what's, what's this thing? And, yeah. um, yeah. And eventually every time I had to re up or talk to them, every time I got a promotion, I knew what to ask for after that. Yep. Um, yeah. In my four years, shit changed so much. Like I was like, yeah, I'm hoping to be a manager, but I better stay hourly because I'm not going to go salary and cut whatever. Like, I'm a manager of an account that doesn't have normal hours. I don't got an off-season. So what you give the NBA and NFL manager, no disrespect, is not what you're going to give me. Because boxing and MMA don't stop. Nope. So when they chill and they don't do shit in July and June, nah, that's not me. So it's one of those things where, yeah, all, all that came in handy. So it's, it's, it's lessons, it's talking to people. And when people say like, yo, I got you, more so than like, you're going to be okay. Like, that's, I understand why you say like, yeah, that's better a little bit. Cause sometimes I got you is just, yo, I was making this over here mm -hmm. and they got to open it. Like maybe I don't know nobody to get you in, but if you get that interview, this is what they were paying me a year ago. Yep. Yo, go in, ask for this. Like all that stuff helps a ton. So nah, it's, it's great to see nothing. You can be pessimistic. Nothing but great things in the future though. I think this is the, the beginning of those things. I, you know, some stuff is meant to end. 
and it ends at the right time for the right reasons and it frees you up for some shit that you should have been doing more so of anyway and allows you that time and freedom to pour yourself into other projects. So I think uh, everything, everything works for a reason. This is going to be the new normal of you guys and, you know, unfortunate injury for E and all that stuff, but he really loves this too. And yeah, and you know, everything again, everything, the timing of everything is odd, but all of your timings are now matching up for this project. Yeah. At some step of the way, like he just happened to have a ton more time when it needed to be. And you were guys were in production to actually get shit done. And it was like, oh, well, he has a ton of time now, which if he was on the road for WWE, it could have took another year to finish this shit, you know, and then where you guys are at now. And, you know, now you got more time when it's time to shop it around and get the deal done, whatever, or maybe just go on to the next iterations of these things. So um, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens right on time. It's so. a lot. Like, the last thing I'll say about it is the very, it's a very funny thing. It's like, um, we're going after the short is released, we're going to be putting out like different clips from different things. And I kid you not, we've spent hundreds of hours on Zoom. And he got the bright idea. I was like, we should share some of this shit. Because you got to remember, like, we started this during the pandemic. Yeah. Right? So we have videos of, like, my walls are naked. I had just moved into the house. And I didn't put anything up yet. My beard was unwieldy. <laughs> There's videos of E with his neck brace on when he first got injured, like, maybe two weeks after the injury of us on Zoom. You guys are going to see a lot of the stuff that we did. Um, through the course of these past three years, because at first we were like, nobody cares about this. And then Brian Terrell Wilger, who's Brady versus Fanatics now, um, he was like, no, people want to see this shit, right? He was like, and he always tells himself stories like, nobody wants to hear what I got to say. It was like, bro, everybody wants to hear what you got to say. And please, the last thing we can talk about comic sports, stop asking me if he's coming back at the Royal Rumble. Like, even <laughs> if I knew I wasn't going to tell y'all, stop. I'm never going to tell you. Yeah, Just watch is. the Royal Rumble. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. UFC 297. And I wish they were more transparent on what they got paid. Because fighter pay might be a little bit better. If I they want to take some notes from what we said earlier. UFC 297, though, ended up being a decent card. Can we just start here? Can we, can we start here? You were right. You print Look that. You Somebody pick, clip me. You pick, yeah, loop it because he's not yeah, having an Please. You picked Drickus Duplessis by decision. Yep. I said he was either Strickland by decision, Duplessis, he had to get the finish in the first two rounds. Very close fight. Some people said Strickland won. I thought Duplessis won. Okay. Even though I didn't necessarily score it, I forgot I was doing something else at the same time. But it felt like he won. And I was sitting there going, 
Motherfucker's right. <laughs> MMA is a weird place, man. It's a weird place. Oddly enough, I predicted it and thought Sean Strickland won. <laughs> because, uh, no, like, I, I get it. Strikes aren't everything. But the reason why Drake is one in my mind is the takedowns. Yeah. The brief takedown. Brief take, like, barely 20 seconds yeah. on the ground, no control. I, I think once maybe Strickland's back actually even touched the canvas. The rest was like back against the cage or quick up and he's seated position and he works his way up. That's not enough for me. Right. To give you, I'll give you a takedown, but that's not enough for me. That one takedown is equal to how many jabs you took to the face. Because Sean Strickland's jab, granted, a lot of his significant strikes weren't power punches. He jabbed you to death all five rounds. Yep. Your eyes showed it. You couldn't stop a jab, a jab to save your life. He just, Strickland couldn't get the, the two. Yeah, yeah. He had the one. Some reason he hit Izzy with the one, two all night. Couldn't get that two over. Um, Charles Strickland after the fight says once the blood started to come, he couldn't see as well. Maybe that changed. And he just jabbed and, and didn't do anything else after that. Didn't want to open up because of the cut, which was caused by a headbutt. So I thought Sean won, but Drake is winning, honestly. Better for the division. It opens up more matchups. I think it bails Dana out because I'm not sure Israel Adesanya would get up and is open to that Sean Strickland rematch right away. Something was very wrong there. Something was very wrong in the post fight. I'm not sure he wanted to put himself right back in that situation with that awkward style and shit like that. Like, I, I think he looks at Dupacis and he's like, all right, at least it's a different style. What fucked me up against Strickland, he doesn't do that. I can figure this guy out. I can get my belt back. And then I got to figure out Sean. Yeah. Uh, or Hamzat. I don't know. It, I mean, look, man. Duplessis wins this fight and he's the champ. And I'm like, as I'm watching him walk off with the championship and South Africa's UFC middleweight champion, I'm like, a lot of African champions. In my, so here's your scenario right now. Rick is Duplessis, Raquel Pennington, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, Jamal Hill was champion for a second. Yep. There is no stability with these champions. You cannot, I would never say that Duplessis is going to be champion this time next year. You could not tell me that Shevchenko wasn't going to be champion. No, Alexa Grasso is the champ. She's lost twice. Once in a draw. draw. Yeah. But she didn't win. And it's just like, I, I can't make tops and tails of the UFC right. It, it makes no sense. For the first time in history, truly, everyone is vulnerable. You believe in O'Malley? No. I mean, look, man, I'm picking Cheeto Vera to beat O'Malley. Yeah, like, Volk is coming up. Cool. I think he should win. He's been super dominant. But the yo-yoing of weight classes, historically, yeah. doesn't go well for fighters. Even the best of fighters, when you yo-yo between weight divisions, sometimes you get caught. And that shit's not good. So as good as Volk is, I should say, yes, of course, he's the most dominant champion in that weight ever. He should win. He's bounced up and down now twice in the past two years. That shit doesn't give me any solace either. It, it's, it's, a, it's volatile. Like, MMA is more volatile than it's ever been. Why? Well, is it because people are just chasing a check? No, I think it's... There is... The gap... Be, the talent gap is closing for a lot of people. Okay. Right? So, Volk is like one of the longest tenured champions. And beating Max Holloway three times yep. and Max being like the OG gatekeeper who now has to go up away and classify Justin Gaethje kind of fucks things up. But it, across, like, Amanda Nunez leaving, fuck that whole division up. Yeah. In terms of, they realized very quickly, like, oh, shit, we don't even have anybody under 30 in the top 15. And to be fair, Brenna Silva was supposed to win this fight. She should have. By but all she, accounts. But she showed how green she was, yeah. right? Like, we, re we realized really quickly, heading in about, like, the late part of the second round, it's like, oh, she's still very good. Yeah. Raquel still got dog in her. And this is a long fight. 
That's what I'm saying. Raquel yeah. had enough dog to drag, get her ass through the fight. fight. Buena said was like, like you said, end of the second, it was like, she, like, yo, you got like 17 minutes left. You was riding her back. You were trying to sink in the rear naked. Everything felt like it was working. Then after, you know, she was going for like a Dars choke and I was yeah. like, uh-oh. She's just about to gas the fuck out. Mm-hmm. She doesn't, she ain't playing the long game tonight. But you look at like every division and there's so much, like the talent ga- gap is closing. There, there aren't dominant champions anymore. It's the reason why John Jones will forever be like the GOAT because it just doesn't make sense that this man has not lost a fight. Ever. Ever. Everybody loses a fight because there's too many ways to lose. There's too many ways to win. There's, you have judges. You have submissions. Like It's just too volatile. And even when you're riding a hot streak, all it takes is one punch to change everything. See, now it is. Right? Like, is Twice. Like, Connor, right? You look at every, like, max. You, you eventually meet your max, your, your, uh, the biggest competition who's just better than you. Yeah. Or stylistically different. I mean, look, Even man. if they're not better. Sean Strickland's not better than Israel. Adesanya. No. But that style just ain't for you, bro. It, it, and it's it just, again, it tells you how great Amanda Nunez was during her run, how great John Jones has been. Even she got caught. Exactly. Everybody gets caught. Juliana Pena. Of all people. Caught her slipping. So, and it, this is something that, like, this may be by design and it may be part of the UFC's plan. They don't want to make another Conor McGregor. Because it's impossible to have a long-standing champion that you yeah. really want to get behind. And if you get behind somebody, and you, Kanye once said, no one man should have all that power. You gave Connor all that power, and he was like, peace out. Very took it. Right. So it's like, who wants to give somebody that kind of leverage? So it's like, as volatile as the UFC is, and the championship picture is, and the rankings are, it's good for the UFC. Because Dana could say, well, I'm front and center. I'll be the star, and I'm just selling fights. Yeah. Like week to week, like these UFC fight nights. Selling fights. They ain't great. They suck. You look at these cards, like who are these people? Selling people getting punched in the face. Right. And people but it's just replaceable. Go, this is what I want to see every Someone week. gets injured, two days notice. Next like, guy in, next guy. It doesn't matter. You, you don't have anybody. Again, it's not great for business. It's great for the UFC's business. Ain't nobody going in there rego- renegotiating their contract. Like Francis started and they was like, enough, out of here. But what they did was, to UFC's credit, is they built a fan base yes. so loyal they don't care. That they don't care. That that exactly. So we may complain as talking heads and pundits and being objective and on fans don't care. They, dog, they're they buying care. these pay-per-views, they're watching these fights, they're packing these stadiums. They don't care. They they don't care. They are just looking for people to get punched in the face. Fights and fights. That's it. So it's like when Nganu says, I want to do this, they're like, mm, no, we can't have anybody disrupting the Apple cart. Right. And now it's like this antitrust suit's coming out and the, the whole John Jones situation got aired out recently where Dana White was trashing him in Texas Lorenzo Fatita. But until the fighters unionize, they don't have no leverage. So it's the reason why Drickus is, is the champ. And it's just like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? Right. Like anyone believe he's going to carry this belt? Hell no. For a year? No. Like who? Look at your, again, look at the champions. The only one. You play hot potato with this belt. Islam Makachev is probably your guy right now, right? Like, nobody thinks he's going to lose, but he probably is because yeah. it's so volatile. He's not undefeated. No, he got caught. Yeah, he got caught with in a triangle. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it, there's just, there's, there's no, it doesn't make sense. Now, I want to talk about this real quick, and then we can talk about some matchups real quick and move on to boxing. We talked last week briefly about Sean Strickland and all the shit that he said, yep. uh, a woman in every kitchen, a gun in every hand. Dana White was asked at the press conference, Oh, you give your fighters a long leash, say what they want. Dana went off this tangent. I don't put anybody on the leash. It's freedom of speech. Blah, 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 blah. And I've seen people go, oh, he cooked that, that journalist, right? Good job, buddy. Here, here's what I want to say. Have you noticed that the concept of freedom of speech only applies to when people hate another group of people? Think about this. In the UFC, when they talk about freedom of speech, it's always when somebody says, I don't like this person. I don't like gay people. I don't like this. I don't like that. And then they should be, it's hate speech. It's the freedom to say very hateful things. And if they, like in a 2020 interview, Dana White had with the New York Post, Dana says, there's no place for politics. And sorry, 
There's no place for woke politics in my sport. We don't care who you vote for, blah, 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 blah. They use the word woke. Yeah. What is the concept of woke? The concept of woke is, even though the term is awful, it is, we want to be treated equally. Black people, minorities, gender. Everybody's just asking, don't kill me in the streets by the cops because of the color of my skin. Don't discriminate against me because I'm gay. Use my pronoun. Right. Something that's very little, little ask. But common decency. That's woke politics, right? I don't want to be told I can't say this. Why should you be allowed to hate people? Yeah. Like if I was in kindergarten and I was like, I don't like his book bag because it's green. Fuck him. And my teacher was like, well, freedom of speech. That's not how this works. No, you're going to get in trouble. Right. So Dana White, his stance, while I appreciate the sentiment of like, I'm not censoring anybody, you are. Because you said you don't want woke politics in your sport. But what you're advocating for is hate speech. So when Sean Strickland says, I want a woman in every kitchen, and then Dana goes, you know, we had two gay women fight in the Coming of Inn. They didn't say anything. Have you ever been in the black... Not me, I don't do this, but there's a black person in a room full of white people and they say something that's like semi-racist and the black person's kind of outnumbered. So they were like, is it worth me speaking up? 100%. 100%. That's Raquel Pennington and Myra Burns Hill. Like, Sean Strickland's the champ. He's saying all this wild shit that they may not agree with. But if Raquel Pennington went to the press and was like, I don't like what he said, Dana was shit on. Yeah. Or the fan base that has become this very bro culture, toxic fan base, they would shit on her. So she goes, it's not worth it. Just not even saying anything. Right. So the minority feels like the minority and they're not going to speak up. So when Dana says, I just wanted to get that out there. When Dana says, I let them say what they want. No, you let them use hate speech. They don't say, this is my politics or this is my religion. They do say, fuck this group of people. Yeah, there's a difference. Or fuck this country. Yeah. Like when Kobe Covington went out there and shitted on Brazil. He can say what he wants. No, he just shitted on a whole group of people and said very racist thing. That's okay. Then he says it's part of the fight game. Who was Sean Strickland fighting that, had, that had needed to have a gun in every hand and a woman in every kitchen? Nobody. It had nothing to do with Drickus. Zero. It was his beliefs. But it was his beliefs calling a journalist if his, his son was gay, you're a weak man. There's no place in this. He's not fighting this. the journalist. He's not. So I, I had to get that because it was frustrating me to no end. Like I was watching it. I was like, he lit him up. Freedom of speech. I can't believe y'all keep using freedom of speech only when it applies to hating another group of people. Yeah. And guess what? That's not why freedom of speech was created. Freedom of speech was created so people could say, I believe in this, not that I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, it's when people say that, it's it's always weird to me. Like, oh, it's freedom of speech. Like, yes, but that does not absolve you of consequence. <laughs> people somewhere along the line have gotten that very mixed up. Yes. That's a very 2024 thing. Like you have the freedom. You say whatever the hell you want. I got the freedom to whoop your ass. I have the freedom to punch you in the face. Like, that's, it is a reaction and a consequence to your freedom of speech. Now, fighters have an open mic like Sean Strickland and can say whatever he wants to say. Dana is granting freedom of speech. Now, there can be consequences that do not encroach on that freedom of speech. If Sean wants to, again, Take those consequences. Next fight, get up and say those same thing about women again. He will then incur another set of consequences. Yeah, and the sponsor may be like, eh, yeah, and we they may continue this. to grow and get worse and worse. So no one's going to stop you from saying anything because that microphone's still going to be in front of your face if you are a champion. You're still going to do a post fight interview. Now, if you keep saying dumb, racist, misogynistic things. Yes, you're going to keep getting consequences and they may get worse and worse and worse. The only thing that will stop it is if sponsors told Dana, we're pulling out. Yeah. We're taking money away. And I guarantee you that will be the last time Sean Strickland says anything like that. Oh, yeah. If the CEO of Bud Light is a woman and you're saying you're trashing women and the CEO is like, oh, we ain't sponsoring this. When it hurts your bottom line, oh, well, now you got to change what you got to say. But you can't, you just can't go out here offending people. I just, I'm not of that belief. I would love to know, and this is like complete hypothetical, but if someone like ahead of TKO, right? Say Ari, you, he doesn't know Ari Emanuel from nobody. What if Ari had a gay son? Yeah, right, exactly. And Sean Strickland said that. And Ari's like, Dana, come here. You think Sean's going to say that again? 
No. You think you think Sean would say that to Ari's face? That's what I'm saying. And he's like, you're a weak man if you acknowledge and you're okay with having a gay son. Okay, now you go tell the guy who cuts your checks that who has a gay son, that to his face. No, I won't do it. You're a weak man because you won't say that same freedom of speech shit to the person who feeds you. You are weak. That, and that, it's all problematic. All right, let's move so, on to some other things real quick. One, Kayla Harrison signs with the UFC. Yeah. Fighting Holly Holm. Holly Holm keeps getting, ending up in these spots. She's a name. I'm just she saying. Ronda to hell. It feels like she never wins, and she just continues to land in these spots. She wins half her fight. She, she got 50, choked 50 out booking. by Myra Berna Silva in the last fight. She gonna get choked out in this fight. So, well, here's the <laughs> Subathon. issue. Put it in the books. I need to see the odds of Kayla Harrison making weight. That's all I need to see. Dana says she's made sample weight cuts. I don't believe it. No. I don't believe, like, Kayla Harrison. I've seen Cyborg may weight, though, so it's possible. 35, though? It was 36. It's not a title. I'm just saying. Like, Kayla, Kayla's. Cyborg did it twice. Kayla fought, at, I mean, Cyborg fought at 45. Kayla started in judo at 75. Yeah, but he made Cyborg cut down to 36. I think she cut down to 40 and then 36 for her first two fights. Then they created the division for Cyborg. Was it that low? Yep. Okay. He made her prove that she can cut, and it was horrible. But Kayla Harrison's a tank. Yeah. You remember the video of Cyborg yeah. shaking in the tub? Yeah. yeah. And, like, near death, and, like, they had to pull her out of it? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what Caleb's... Caleb's about to find out that same shit. That woman's a tank. Yeah. She's an absolute unit. I, I know the money was probably good enough, and she looked at the opportunity. She's like, I already made my millions in PFL. Let me take this risk. But can you make 35? What are you going to look like? Like if Holly Holm kicks her head off because she's too drained to fight, I wouldn't be surprised. That's a test weight cut and stepping on the scale. Much different than five. At 36, 35, cool. You didn't fight the next day after any of those test no, weight man. cuts. Unless you went to the gym and you rolled and sparred and did everything the next day just to see how you felt which I'm pretty sure you didn't because you're like, I did this test weight cut. I hate it. I'm going to rehydrate and relax for a couple of days. Now you got to do it and perform. There was no testing to see how you're going to perform. And there's really no adrenaline, even if you did go to the gym. The adrenaline dump you're about to have after putting all that weight back on. I mean, bruh. Horrible. I'm not saying she can't make the weight. I am curious she can operate at that weight because when give me a boxer that fought 20 pounds before, below their fighting weight. 20, because she fought at 55. Yeah. If she didn't fight at 45, she fought at 55. She's got to fight Holly Holm at 35? PFL keeping the 55 division? I don't know what's going on. They cut the 45 division, I believe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. Um, so it's only 35 and they're adding 115, I think. Whatever um, they're doing. I'm just, I'm just wondering how this woman's going to cut 20 pounds. I don't know. My only question is because Clarissa Shields fighting again in yeah. PFL. And it's like, are you cutting the division because Kayla's gone? Because Clarissa ain't making 45, if you ask her. I think Clarissa could get, I feel, she, you, you, you have you been around Kayla Harrison? Have you? Yeah. Been, no, Kayla's, she's yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I say she's a unit, I'm not, so, so she's built like a tank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Cyborg was muscular. This no. woman is just big and yeah, muscular. Like, Functional strength. Yeah, it's yeah, like, like it's just like who built you? Yeah. Like, she's not like a Jay Cargill, no. muscular, slim. She's a tank. Yeah. She's like Jordan Grace was before she started bodybuilding. Yeah, like she's just she I okay. I'm interested in the fight. I'm you know, the UFC signing her, Kayla gets her opportunity to show, showcase her ability. Like, if she beats Holly Holm, just give her the fucking title. We Wait, don't even gotta waste time. No, title fight. If match. she makes 135 and just and drills Holly Holm, just give That's her the it. title. Because, again, they need stars. Just Triple H this shit. When Triple H got handed the title by Bischoff, just do it. There you go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Boxing, though, because we haven't talked boxing yeah. in a quick second to switch over to that lane. 
before we talk about the fight coming up this weekend, I thought we were going to see Ryan Garcia versus Rollies. Ryan Garcia was like, it's done. 420. Spark yeah. it up. That's Vegas. We're going to have one. Nope. And Roley, hours after, was just like, no, I'm fine, Pitbull Cruz. It is, <laughs> it is guaranteed. And it's on under, it's the co-main to a fight we'll talk about in a second. But it's going to be the first pay-per-view on Amazon Prime. And Roley versus Cruz is a good fight. Mm-hmm. I think Roley's going to lose. Yes. You're going to lose for a lot less money than you would fighting Ryan Garcia. I'm very curious what Isak Cruz looks like at 40. Sure. But that being said... Still very small. Yeah, Roley's not good. But Isak Cruz got hit a lot in his last fight. And if there's anything I'll give Roley credit for is he can crack. Nevertheless, all right, this is the fight we got. But this is the brass tacks of this. Ryan Garcia went running with Floyd Mayweather. Floyd was like, you're a star. You control everything. Don't take no shorts. Ryan's like, I ain't taking no shorts. I'm getting the A-side. I'm getting all the money. He fucked around and found out. Yep. He went in there. Rolly thought, was like, I don't need you. Rolly was like, I'm good. I got, I got Al Heyman. I'm good. I don't need you. One, I don't want to lose. Not right? to you. Not to you. Yeah. Two. If he loses to Eastside Cruz, maybe it makes a couple headlines. Yeah. You lose to Ryan Garcia, you everywhere. Like, but it was, I think Ryan's ego got the best of him in this situation. And him just being on social media, you, I, telling Devin Haney, you need me. Tell, like, everybody's like, oh, for real, bro? You ain't got no belts. Yeah. We don't have to fight you. So we're going to let you hang. We, you ain't Floyd. Yeah. You ain't got nothing we want. You're going to see how your pay-per-views do without any yeah, of us. Yeah, bro, you have a loss on your record. We're good. And I like Ryan, but I think he was smelling himself. And, and Devin's like, cool. Devin's going to be just fine. Look, I don't Ryan, know who Devin's going to be. I don't know either. So just fine is a stretch for Devin as well. Uh, but I think... He's going to get paid, but those numbers ain't going to look... No. Any, any better to get him closer to a tank fight. I, I think it's a situation where Ryan ain't going nowhere. Right? Like, you can't make all the demands. Who are you? Yep. Right? Like, you can't tell us what you're going to do. You're the A side. You're not the champ. You, he probably tried to do that with Roley. And this is where I'm going to side with Oscar De La Hoya. I don't do it a whole lot. I be, now I believe this. I believe Oscar went to the table and tried to make the fight and I, Al Heyman was probably like, no, nah, Roley's the A-side, bro. Yeah. And Oscar was like, you're probably right. He's the champ. You know, who cares? It's still going to draw a bunch of money. Ryan beats him with the champ with the A-side moving forward and Ryan's like, no, I'm the A-side. And Oscar was like, dude, you're not. Like, you are, but you're not. Yeah. He's the champ. And I feel like Oscar tried to do the right thing in this situation and Ryan still believes he's the guy who was heading into the tank fight with all this momentum. It's like, bruh, you got knocked out in your last fight. Not last fight, fight before. Fight before, sorry. Yeah. You got knocked out in the fight before and... and then de- developed a weird shoulder roll yeah, before and you, this knock. Defensively, you didn't look great. For you to make all these demands, even though you draw, you ain't got nothing nobody wants but some numbers. Uh, Roley Romero fell for the banana in the tailpipe. Because he can crack. I think you've seen, if anything, you've seen Ryan get knocked out and knocked down several times. That would have been one where you could go in and be like, I think I could win. And if I beat Ryan, it elevates me for a future fight. Indeed. Now, if you beat Isak Cruz, you're in the same spot. It doesn't give you anything. If you lose, you lose all your leverage. Yeah. You're a wrap for a big fight. And Al Heyman may seem like he is your friend now. Oh, he's not. He, he got 100% set up in this situation. Yeah. Because I see it clear as day. Isak Cruz winning this belt. Tank is now the full-time champion of this exact sanctioning body at 135 just because it was vacated by Devin. You run it back. Yep. And immediately, Eastside Cruz is like, and we've had Leonard in this seat. Ah, how can we sell this? How can we sell the rematch? People ain't going to buy this. But if he beats Roley yep. and he's a champion at 140, now it's like, okay, Tank, now we can run it back with him. And how can you do that, you say? is because it's if you vacate at a lower weight, you're immediately the number one contender at a higher weight. And Tank got that belt. He don't give a fuck about that belt. He will drop the 135 belt like it's nothing, move up to 140, fight Eastside Cruz for a belt at 140, a major championship, say, I could beat him again. And at a higher weight, I'm going to stop him. With, with my hands healthy, I'm stopping him. And now at 140, the champions are Tia Fimo 
Devin, Tank, and Ryan's like, oh, this was a lot of chess that just I'm, got played. I'm out of here. And, and Tank is like, this is how I set up my power moves yep. and my money fights against them. Because they want to leave, I'll, I'll chase their ass. And this is how I'm going to get there. So they're not going to say, well, I got all the belts. You don't have a belt, Tank. You just have pay-per-views. I got a belt too. Let's get it. Mm-hmm. So now, now this 60, 40, 70, 30, we're equal in that. What's your pay-per-view number? Al Heyman did what's in the best interest of Al Heyman oh, yeah. and his prized fighter. 100%. And it's set up. Tank is going to be Isa Cruz over the summer for this title and run it. And then you'll see the Devin Haney fight materialize because they, they have no leverage over Tank anymore. Yep. Not at that weight class. Nope. We all got one belt. I got all these pay-per-views. What sets you apart to be equal? Not a damn thing. You know, some people play checkers. <laughs> they Al- playing checkers. It just, Al- just Al- jumped it. He, he, and and Rolly's going to be left out with no belt. Yep, and I at mean, least Teofimo now is like, uh, it's, a, it's a tough fight, but I think I want to go and try to unify at least. Because yeah. if I got two belts, I can at least try to force the issue somewhere. Sooner or later, they're going to have to fight. So he's, and that's going to be one hell of a fight, I believe. It's reported, you know, trying to work towards that in, in June. Um, versus uh, Surreal Matias. And that would be one hell of a fight. And hey, you got to go for the gusto on that one. But Ryan just got skipped over for his only opportunity to become a champion. He boxed himself out. It's a wrap. Because I don't know where you get a belt. You don't. You already wait. Like, it would have been much better if you could make 135 still because you go back down and belts are vacated and you figure that out. But no, you're too heavy for that. What are you going to do? 147? He, I, I tell you, he, rocking a hard place. He was smelling himself, and Al Ham was like, "I got an." He's he created a narrative, like he he built a narrative. Rolly wasn't smart enough to figure it out, and maybe he was and just believed that he could win. And Al Ham was like, "Sure, sure, sure, kid, you can win." But he was like, "Tank, got you. We got this all figured yep. out. All we had to do was box Ryan out. We had to convince Rolly not to take the Ryan fight because yep. I'm sure Rolly was like, "I'll take that fight if I get paid." Of course, Heyman was like, "No, no, no, no. I'm going to pay you this much to take pay this fight." More, yeah, and the co-mate. Who cares? I'm going to pay you like it's the main oh, event. And you're going to fight the smaller guy yep. that sold him your up. old opponent knocked out. You can knock him out faster. Yeah. Well, you can knock him out faster. Sold we'll give you the tank rematch. That's the key. If you beat him, we'll give you the tank rematch. Come on, man. And who are you going to make more money against? Ro- Ryan or against Tank? Yeah, it's Tank. Oh, Tank. Sir, you ain't getting there. Yep. <laughs> you ain't getting there. Because all along, they wanted the Issa Cruz rematch. All along. Because Tank, he's the only guy Tank didn't knock out. It's like, why? Yeah. I need a why to sell this to people. They got it. Now we got the why. God damn. And Rolly's going to be like, damn. And Rolly's going to lose. And guess what? He's going to go to Ryan. Oh, yeah. Can I fight you now? Now let's fight. And Ryan ain't got shit else. Yeah. And Oscar's going to be like, told you. And Ryan's going to be like, yeah, I'll fight you. <laughs> I ain't got nothing else to Yeah. Who are you going to fight? Say Ramirez? We just broke great. I don't know. Like all the people Golden Boy just took from dude from top rank Arnold who also have no belts. That's what I'm saying. Arnold Barbosa. Y'all belts. just going to fight each other in the no belt Olympics? Y'all got Ryan it's, played himself. He played himself. Tough. Tough. Uh, in the main event of that card, March 30th, Tim Zhu versus one time Keith Thurman. Boy, y'all, y'all want to see a dead body? <laughs> we got one loss. I know, but Keith ain't one time no more. He's like 12 times. He's got to hit you a lot more to knock you out. Oh, yeah. And he's moving up to 54. Challenge the champ, who's one of the heaviest hands at 54. Belt's not online. So what really happens really doesn't even matter. It don't even matter. You got to beat him twice to get a belt. I mean, look, man, this is another plan. It was like, all right, we got to keep Tim Zoo busy. Jamel's not fighting. So let's find somebody that can give him some name recognition for our first pay-per-view. Yep. Hey, people still like Keith Thurman, right? Has he won? Who cares? People know who he is. Name. Put him on the card. I see people complaining this shouldn't be a pay-per-view. Okay, fine. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but you got to pay Keith because Keith was getting a lot of money. And if you're Tim Zoo, you got to build him. Yep. You got like, you have a guy who's big in Australia, but you got to make him big in the Southern States. Another champion and maybe another champion if Bud wins a belt up there. They've both been on pay-per-view. You need him to have some numbers, even if it's shitty numbers. This is a a perfectly fine fight. Because the thing is, as much as I say, like, you know, Keith might get knocked out. 
Keith is still not a bad fighter. It's not like he no. sucks, right? He like he's got beat by Manny Pacquiao. If he if Zoo runs through him, it's gonna look really good. That's my point. Like they know, like again, Al Heyman playing chess, not checkers. If Tim Zoo steamrolls Keith Thurman, all right, cool. We know what we got here. We know exactly what we have. And if we want to pair Tim Zoo with Bud Crawford, we can do that. If Thurman pulls an upset, we are printing money. Oh, yes. Yeah, with oh. Bud versus Thurman. Boom. Printing. Like they this is a matchup that like there are. Man, it's like so y'all be watching fights, and be like, why are they making this yep. matchup? You got to look at the storylines that are being built here. That's it. This is smart booking. Yep. If if Keith wins, printing money with that fight. Yep, because Keith gonna talk so much shit, mm-hmm. and Buzz gonna be like, all right, cool, I'm gonna fuck you up yep. and get these belts. But everybody's gonna watch now. Now I could do a, a pay per view for a fight that you can easily create a narrative. Y'all waited years for this fight. It's finally happening. Yep. Champions versus former champ. Like you, there's so much that you could do here, but you set it up. Tim Zuvers, Keith Thurman. The only question that I have is, I don't know what Bud does in the interim. Like, he's hasn't fought since last July, and I know he wants to fight again, but it doesn't seem like he's been put in position to fight anybody in the next three months. No. Um, it's hard to tell someone to just do a short camp, but Bud is always in, in the gym. So if there's anyone, I'd tell Bud to do a short camp. I'd be like, yo, you got to come. If this is March 30th, I need you in the ring April 16th. Like, well, April 14th, April 21st. I need you to be that next fight. So you're good by July and August because we need you to fight. Clearly, Spence is recovering. Cool. We can get you out of that contract. That's a wrap. But the IBF is vacant at 154. Go grab that belt because your next fight is either Zoo, Thurman winner, or by the time July, August rolls around, we can make sure Jamel's ready. Yeah, or else they're going to make him cough up them belts. Yeah, like, Jamel is ready. They ain't going to cough. There's too much money. Jamel's ready. And I'm just saying, if he if he's not ready, yeah. he would just say, like, yeah. I ain't ready. No, Jamel's ready. And July, Thurman, Jamel for three of the belts. And we'll let Zoo do whatever with the other belt in the second. When that's ready, end of the year, November, December, the winner faced him, Zoo. We out of here. Yeah. And But you got to get that first belt. And it's vacant. Yeah, you just got to find somebody from the fight for that belt that people actually want to see. Yeah, because the rankings, we looked it up before the show, are atrocious. It's like, is Danny Garcia ranked? Maybe he fights Danny. He's the only one who carries like at least... Danny went up to 160. Yeah, fuck that. Danny can come back. He's fighting uh, at 155 pounds for 160 title. Allegedly. Uh, So, no, we have Bakram Mertazeliev. Nope. Um, Jack Colke from Ecuador. Nope. Erickson Lubin, who's an option. Nope. Josh Kelly. Nope. Jesus Ramos. Nope. And the list, Brian Mendoza. It's trash. It gets it gets rough going down from there. The- it's just, no, like, your only hope is that you can convince the IBF because Terrence, if he vacates the title, at, again, 147, automatic number one contender. So at least you have your number one contender. Your only hope is to talk them into naming someone else a valuable opponent for Terrence to fight for the belt. And at least their number one contender is going for it. So can you pull someone like a Danny Garcia away from the fight that's finalized or not finalized because it's supposed to happen in December? It ain't never happened. Um, so can you get a name where you'd be like, all right, that's a title-worthy fight. Tell the IBF, like, cool. And then Terrence beat that a lot of him, Charlo, and then you keep it running. They could do that. There's only one like alternative to this situation is that Terrence fights at 160. Yeah. And and for some reason, Canelo doesn't pick Jamal. Terrence is like, I'll fight you. <laughs> like, and I'll beat your ass. I just don't know if Jamal's going back down to 60. I don't know either. I don't know either. I'm just saying hypothetically, if, if Terrence can't get a fight, because one thing I'm very curious about is what is Virgil Ortiz doing next? Yeah. Because, yeah, he had a fight, but he's not ranked because he didn't really fight anybody that was ranked. If he gets a fight against a ranked dude, because he'll fight any of those names you just mentioned. Oh, yeah. Like, Beat the brakes off. And he'll immediately get elevated all the way to the top of that division and get a belt. Yeah. Like, Virgil Ortiz can swallow that up real quick. Just a matter of, you know, trying to figure out what, what Terrence, like, who your opponent is. But that being said, Tim Zuber's Keith Thurman, I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Here in Vegas, we, we're definitely there in the building. Um, the fight this weekend is the last thing to talk about. Jaime Munguia. Versus John Ryder. It comes down to this. 
Canelo needs opponents. Yes. Munguia is young enough to try to sell if he has a dominant performance and puts himself on the map. Canelo hasn't announced his opponent for May yet. You got a chance. He does. If you want a Canelo payday. It's gross. On single de Mayo in Vegas, prove it. Go out there, dismantle John Ryder, who Canelo fought. Stop him. Look great doing it. You're in the mix. If you go to a decision, even if you win, if you go to a decision, you're probably not getting that fight. And you got to hang out a little while because I wholeheartedly believe Charlo's still the number one guy for that spot. This is, this is so sad. Right? I agree. This is sad because neither of these guys should be in. Charlo, McGee, no, it's David Benavidez, yeah. right? Like he should be the guy. I don't even know what we're doing here. They're going to make him wait until September. Like this is the only thing that I actually do like about the UFC. They'd be like, no, dude, you're fighting him. <laughs> like he's... Yeah. He's the number one guy. You can't dance around him. You ain't going to wait for Jaime Munguia, who beat Sergey Derevchenko in an absolute barn burner. Yeah. But it was Sergey Derevchenko, who has lost a few fights. John Ryder? No, that's the... David Benavides just beat up everybody. You're fighting him. Yeah. Here we are talking about Jamal Charlo or Jaime Munguia being the top options for Canelo. And look, I don't believe that Canelo ducks people. I don't. I believe that he fights people. Like, he's proven it. You look at his resume. He's fought everybody. However, Canelo's rationale for not just taking the fight with Benavides and saying he's next by saying, what has he done? You got to shut the fuck up. He's done already. He's done everything he needs to do. The dude is undefeated, two-time WBC. What else does he have to do to prove to you that he deserves that opportunity? like three of the top five people in that division. And and not just, he just beat the shit out of him. He's like, he's he's mauling people and you're like, uh, payday. No, he wants to fight you. Yep. It's, you can't ignore him forever. This is probably the last fight you can. This is it. This, you have to fight him this year. Yeah. Or else it's, now it's a duck. That's yeah. it. It's a duck. If you, you might as well vacate. Him, yeah. Just call, just call yeah. a spade a spade. You are ducking him if you don't fight him this year. 100%. So we'll see how that plays out with Jaime Munguia this weekend. It's not a question of if he wins, it's how he looks winning. Man, he yeah. might lose to John Ryder. Jaime Munguia is not that good. No, the Derrick Chaco fight, he almost lost. That's what I'm saying. He's not that good. He should be John Ryder. But Ryder doesn't crack like No, he that, don't. No, so. I agree. Like, he should win this fight. But it's not, to me, like, Munguia is such a... Remember, once upon a time, this was a guy that was supposed to step in and fight Gennady Golovkin when Canelo popped for tainted meat. Yeah. And the, the, the uh, commission was like, nah, he's too young. He didn't have enough fights. And he's been babysat, like, the entire time through Golden Boy, fighting Saddam Ali, fighting a bunch of small guys. Then he lost to Dennis Hogan to me. Like, we all watched him. He's like, fucking lost. Yeah, he did. And he hasn't gotten any better. Then he has this barn burner with Derevchenko, and people are like, he's ready for Canelo. It's like, honestly, honestly, you know the fight that I do want to see? Jaime Munguia versus Edgar Belanga. Yeah. That's, that's give me that the, fight. The loser leaves Golden Boy. Yeah, like, that's the fight I want to see. Like, I, these, nobody should be talking about I don't Canelo. Know who Edgar Belanga's fighting. Belanga fights next, next month? Really? Yes, he has a fight. Oh. I can't remember against who. Exactly. It's not correct. I don't know so, against who. Yeah, no. If if Munguia gets skipped over for Canelo sweepstake, that's your fight. That's it. You you put that in New York or Mexico like versus that. Puerto Rico? Rico? Come, like, on, come on, man. It, it writes itself. Go and it's in-house too? You print yeah. money. Yep. It writes itself. So, no, nah, it, was, it was a great show today. Hopefully, you guys took a lot of gems from the beginning. Enjoyed our combat sports talk. Make sure you guys check us out on Patreon. $5 over there for the Corner Club tier. If you want to be an OG, it's 10 bucks over there. Great content. All these videos, you can see our pretty faces every week. Full-length videos every episode on the Patreon as well, including our special episode every week where we talk entertainment, hip-hop, whatever. We're just shooting the shit over there. It's really fun every single week. So make sure you guys check that out as well. In the meantime, follow us on all social media platforms. Listen to us wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Thank you, everyone here at Blue Iron Studios and Wind Resort in Las Vegas for myself for the old man Andreas Hell. Till next time, we're out. Peace.